Good morning, it's Jim. It's Thursday, 28th of May 2020. It's the world of bonds. Just to recap where we are in terms of the big rally in credit uh, and indeed in equity markets, and really the recent equity market rally has been for those things that got really, really beaten up recently, tourist-related, travel-related, hospitality. Value has all bounced back in a very big way over the past uh, few days. Credit rally is ongoing. So let's just have a look over the last month. Sterling corporates on the Merrill Lynch cash index, they're about 16 basis points tighter. Euros and US dollars even more. US dollar credit 44 tighter. And in the world of high yield, Euro high yield 61 tighter and US high yield, uh, which got really beaten up, remember, because of those oil-related energy names, 131 basis points tighter over the last month. Even EM corporates 85 tighter. Now let's go back uh, a year ago and see what the story is and you'll see that things are still pretty wide. So sterling credit is still nearly 40 wider than it was a year ago. US credit 60 wider, high yield anything from 160 to 250 wider depending on where you are in the world and emerging market corporates nearly 200 wider from where they are. So we've had a, a very, very strong rally since the depths of the, the end of March. Uh, but still quite a long way away from where we were this time last year. Not a lot going on in government bonds. Um, US 10 years, for instance, trading around 70 basis points, which is where they've been the last few days. Trying to break out, and the big story in government bonds is really about curve steepening. So longer dated government bonds are really underperforming the short end of the market. I'm going to quickly talk about four things today, really bullet points, to be honest. Um, we'll, we'll talk about some of them in more detail. First of all, just thought it was interesting that Christopher Nolan, I watched Dunkirk, the film over the weekend with, with the kids. Pretty average, I, I thought. But, um, you know, Christopher Nolan's got a, a new film coming out soon. And instead of using CGI, he found it was actually cheaper to buy um, a Boeing 747 and to crash it into a building for his uh, film than to do it computer generated because the price of um, old used planes has collapsed, not just because of um, not just because of what's going on right now, but just in general, there's a, an oversupply of, of planes around the world. So he found it cheaper to buy one and crash it than to, to use a computer generated image, which I thought was a bit interesting. Second bullet point, Let's talk about um, Economics 101 and the thing that you will all have learned in the classroom back when you were 19 if you did studied economics, MV equals PY. That's the equation for inflation. M is the amount of money in the economy, V is the velocity of money, and PY is the term for inflation prices and um, uh, creating a nominal uh, price uh, index. So MV is the bit we're interested in. Everyone talks about the M bit, which is the increase in the money supply. And we know that the money supply, you know, it's up 18% year on year. If you look at M2, the US uh, money supply number, broad money. So a huge amount of money being printed or created electronically. Um, printer goes, brrr, as people say nowadays. Um, so that's gone up. But what is less talked about is that the velocity of money continues to collapse. And this isn't just a, a coronavirus thing. The velocity of money has been declining dramatically. It's halved since the year 2000. So 
every unit of money is not going around the economy as quickly as it used to. And increasingly, that's a declining trend in how quickly money goes around. And that's perhaps one of the most important drivers or symptoms of this disinflationary world that we live in. And recently, that velocity of money has collapsed even further um, over the course of the coronavirus outbreak. So, you know, it's, it's attractive if you're a bond bear uh, to think that we're going to end up with huge amounts of inflation coming out of this. But it is worth pointing out that although money has been printed, unless it circulates, nothing's going to happen on the inflation point of view. Bullet point three. I just got sent um, a uh, broker note that looked at ESG ETFs. So um, ESG, socially responsible, looking at things like environment, social factors, governance, for instance, the major trend in investing at the moment. And this note looked at ETFs and the constituents of ESG ETFs and how they differed from uh, the wider world of companies. And I think what was really interesting is, you know, that that ESG companies have better profit margins, better return on equities. Uh, They trade at higher valuations. All of these things, uh, they have slightly less debt than traditional companies, or it's fairly marginal. But the really interesting bit and worth further investigation is that companies that score highly for ESG and find themselves in ESG ETFs have 21% fewer employees than uh, those companies that represent the wider world. So ESG is a kind of workless um, subset of companies and that's worth investigating a little bit. So, um, you know, as people dedicate more capital to these companies, um, perhaps we see those other companies start to struggle and they're the ones that hire the bulk of the workforce. And there are reasons for this, you know, companies that are invested in mining or heavy manufacturing or oil production generally are labour intensive, transport companies labour intensive. So, you know, it, it, it's not necessarily um, a simple read across but so there are good reasons why non-ESG companies employ more people but as we move towards ESG does this threaten the future of work as well in some other way finally finally fourth bullet point Brexit we're going to start talking about this again Uh, June those talks between the UK and the European Union regime I worry a little bit that if you were a hard Brexiteer within the current Conservative government then this is a, a good um, crisis to use to further a hard Brexit cause. So um, at the moment, we have low economic growth anyway. We have disruption to supply chains anyway. So this time next year, um, you know, previously, Brexiteers were presumably quite worried that people would look at the economic statistics and see, well, from a year ago, since we did the hard Brexit, economic growth is very, very weak. In a year's time, when we've presumably Brexited um, fully after the transition period ends, all the economic statistics are going to look pretty rosy. You know, we're going to be measuring against the economic activity now, which is zero. So there's going to be it's going to be very difficult for people to identify what the actual impact of a hard Brexit would be. And the disruption, you know, those queues on the M20 outside Calais, etc. We kind of got used to disruption and um, supply chains being broken as well. So 
Um, I kind of worry that what's going on now paves the way to some extent for those negotiations in June to be a bit less fruitful and, and edging towards more towards a hard Brexit, which perhaps reflects why we have uh, such a weak pound at the moment. So four bullet points, but uh, things that I want to look at in a bit more detail over the coming weeks and days. Have great days, everyone.